speaking to you on the subject of what the Lord requires. Today, our text is going to be coming from Micah, the sixth chapter, starting at the sixth through the eighth verse. Let's read. Wherewith I come before the Lord, and I bow myself before the high God. Shall I come before him with burnt offering, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, or with ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. Let's wrap. Let's take a closer look into the book of Micah. Now we know by studying that in the book of Micah, the prophet presents God as Lord Almighty, who hates sin, but loves the sinner. In this scripture, the Lord is bringing an accusation against Israel and Judah. One version of the Bible says he has a case against them. In other words, he has a dispute against the house of Israel. In my studies, I was led to the New English translation, and I like the way the New English translation explains verse three through seven on exactly what God had against the children of Israel. And it reads as, my people, how have I wronged you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. In fact, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I delivered you from a place of slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to lead you. My people, recall how King Balak of Moab planned to harm you and how Balaam, son of Beor, responded to him. Recall how you journeyed from Shittim to Gilgal, so you might acknowledge that the Lord has treated you fairly. Now, as we read those verses, we see this is the Lord speaking to the house of Israel, the entire nation, which is including the house of Israel, as well as the house of Judah. He goes on to say, now you say, with what shall I enter the Lord's presence? With what shall we bow? In other words, before the sovereign God, should I enter with the presence of burnt offering? Or with the year old calf, will the Lord accept these thousand ram or 10,000 streams of olive? Should I give my firstborn child as a payment for rebellion, my offspring, my own flesh and blood for my sin? We can see that the, the response was a little patronizing or a little smart. They came back with a response to God. And then we see that the man of God came back yet to them and said, he has told you, oh man, what is good. So the prophet Micah is responding. He has told you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord really wants from you. He wants you to promote justice, to be faithful and to live obedient before your God. So we see that in this particular chapter, what is happening now is Micah is bringing a warning from God to his people. Israel, which is again, the Northern kingdom and Judah was a Southern kingdom that judgment was coming because of their rebellion. The prophet, in fact, had already revealed the list of their sins, which included fraud, theft, greed, debauchery, oppression, injustice, hypocrisy, heresy, extortion, lying, murder, and many, many other offenses that uh, the nation of Israel had already committed. 
But we also see that in the midst of his prophesying from God, in the midst of prophesying destruction, he states that God also offers them hope. He's offering them a pardon to all who repents and turn back to true worship and repentance. In other words, if you go down to the six and eight of Micah, he's saying, do what is good, do what is right. What the Lord is requiring is that you do justly and that you love mercy and that you walk humbly with your God. So as we begin to examine verse eight, which is our key verse in debt, we begin to see that um, Micah was beginning to counteract the previous response of Israel. Here they're trying to be smart, in my opinion, um, even though they're not in any position to be so, with their response in verse six and seven. Uh, as we see verse six and seven, it goes and say, with what shall I come before the Lord? and bow down before the exalted God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with a calf of a year old? Will it please God with a thousand ram or ten thousands of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression or the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? So we see here that their response to me sounds a little patronizing. I don't really think that they were just asking the question. I think they were trying to be a little smart. You know how uh, we do today and when we think something is too high or out of our price range. You know how we tend to look at an item and we don't see a, a price tag on the item, but it's something that's really nice and we really want it. And then we look at the item and say, I bet they want an arm and a leg for that. In other words, uh, the children of Israel were saying, uh, shall I offer my firstborn for the trans for my transgression? Well, what is it? Wh what's going to please you? What do you want? And, and then we see in verse eight, uh, the prophet comes back very clearly and begin to tell them, it says, he has shown you in O mortal. He has showed you, O man, what is good. You know what's right. In other words, what doeth the Lord require thee? You want to know what the Lord won't? No, the Lord ain't asked you for all these things. He's not asking you to come before him with burnt offerings or, or with the calf of a year old. Um, he's not asking you to present to him a thousand ram or 10,000 rivers of olive oil. Now that's how you know they were being smart because how in the world are you, or were they planning on to present 10,000 rivers of olive oil to the Lord? Come on. So, so that's why I know they were being facetious. That's why I knew uh, that their response was smart and conniving. Uh, and we also see where they went on to say, or, or shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression or the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? God, in other words, the prophet say, no, that's not what God is asking at all. That's not what the Lord requires of you. It's very simple what the Lord is requiring of you. The prophet Micah goes on to list three characteristics of what God is actually looking for. Michael's response was the Lord, the Lord requires thee, but to do justly. In other words, they were asking the question, um, what is it that we could do to please God? How can we please God? So how can you please God? Do justly. The word justly is defined as according to what is morally right or fair. Do the right thing. Do what is fair. If you want to know how to please God, you want to know what the Lord is requiring of you, do right. He says, and to love mercy. We know that the word mercy is defined as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. So in other words, not only are you to, to do what is morally right, to do fairly, he said also have mercy. Have mercy on your brother. Have compassion and forgiveness 
uh, begin to show that towards someone that you know it's in your power that you can hurt, know it's in your power that you can harm or punish, that you deserve this thing. But yet, I'm going to give you compassion. I'm going to give you forgiveness because of the love of mercy that's within me. He also goes on to say to walk humble. We know that humble is to suggest a modest or low estate of one's importance. We know that we should not get ahead of God. He said, walk humble with thy God. We should not be getting ahead of God or thinking that we're all that because we're not all that in a bag of chips. We know that God is our creator and we should never be worshiping the creature more than the creator. But we have no reason to think that we're all that. We, we know that God is omniscient. We know that God is uh, omnipresent. We know that God is Elohim. We know that God is almighty, creator of heaven and earth. So we should make sure at all times that we're walking humbly with God, not before God, not ahead of God, not puffed up in pride and arrogance, but to walk humbly with our God. Let's apply. As I begin to think back over everything we just covered, and if we can be honest and begin to examine our own lives to be able to apply this word to ourselves today, Many times we have been guilty of walking in the attitude of the children of Israel. The Lord can give us a simple task. And instead of us just humbly saying, yes, Lord, yes to your will, yes to your way, we would rather blow it up or exaggerate what it is the Lord is actually requiring of us. Or when trouble comes our way, we act like God is asking us to sacrifice our firstborn child. The Lord clearly tells us that he will never put more on us than we can bear. But instead, as soon as trouble comes, we act like it's something that no one has ever, ever had to endure before. We forget that we have a high priest that can relate to our infirmities. We know that the children of Israel were living in a time of swift judgment from the Lord. And through the scripture, uh, we see it demonstrated many times, but yet even so, we also see a loving God. He shows us many times his love for Israel and Judah. God gave them many, many times to repent and come back to him because he is a just God, because he is merciful. How much more do we have since we're living in the dispensation of grace because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? So as we apply today's lesson to our own lives, what is God saying He's not asking for burnt offerings. He's not asking for sacrifices, but instead he only wants our obedience. If we want to know what the Lord is requiring of us, he requires us to do good, to do right. Number one, God requires us to act justly towards others. In other words, before I start judging someone based on what I've heard, you know, the he say, she say stuff that we too often get caught up in that can cause us to make irrational snap decisions. And in return, irrational snap decisions brings drama into our lives. We should act justly. Search out the truth before we begin to respond. Number two, God is a merciful God. He wants me to love mercy, not infatuation, mercy, not like mercy, but love mercy. He requires us to show mercy to others. He wants us to demonstrate the same mercy to others that he has extended to us. Did you hear what I just said? I said he wants us to extend the same mercy to others 
that he extends to us. Not that they extend to you, but that he extends to you. I had to learn this the hard way. I found out that not everyone will be sorry for the wrong they have done or are currently doing to you. But your requirement is to show mercy. So instead of talking about them, even though the things you're saying might be true, instead of slandering their names all over town about how your brother or your sister wronged you, as hard and as painful as the hurt might be, and now you have the power to harm them beyond what they've already done to themselves. Instead, be merciful, show compassion, forgiveness, for this is what the Lord requires. Number three, walk humbly with your God. One thing I've learned over my 25 year journey of walking with God is our humility should be a natural response to the greatness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who thought it not robbery to die in our place, taking the punishment that we deserve, showing himself merciful. I have learned humility is not an option. It's a requirement. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're having problems lining up with this requirement, live a while longer. I promise you, trials and tribulations and witnessing the power of God at work in your life, seeing and believing in his ability to rescue you in those times of trials and tribulation have a way of humbling you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for revealing yourself to us through your word. Father, we come to you with a heart of repentance. Forgive us for turning our hearts away from you, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit that we might meet your requirements, not the requirement of men, not our own requirement, but yours. Thank you for letting us know what it is that you require of us. Thank you for being the just God that you are. Thank you for your mercy that endureth forever. Father God, we ask that you help us that we might continue to walk humbly with you, that we might acknowledge you in all of our ways and that you might forever direct our path. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. As always, thank you for joining us today on Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing Podcast. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, 